This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. So we're in this series that we started last week called CC Conversations. And it's been really cool. Essentially what we did is we threw out these, uh, these question forms. Girls, can you be quiet? I'm trying to talk. We threw... <laughs> Just kidding. We threw out these, uh, these forms. I thought you were asking me a question, so I kept turning around. We threw out these forms that asked all kinds of questions for you guys to submit to us that, you know, what do you want to talk about? What do you have questions about? What would you like to hear about? All that sort of things. And so what we're doing in this series is we're having a question and response. I don't want to get it twisted. It's not a question and answer because we're not giving answers. We're just having a conversation. We're just talking about some stuff, sharing some different perspectives, sharing some different ideas, and hopefully what we're doing is we're springboarding a conversation that you can continue. So we'll talk about some things up here, but the goal in everything that we say is that you will continue the conversation at home, that you will continue the conversation with your family or at lunch or with your spouse or with your friends or whatever, and so that the conversation can keep going. And so today, last week we talked about... Um, I talked about politics and racism and things like that. And if you missed it, you can catch it on that podcast. But today, we're talking about the Bible. Huh? How interesting is that? You come to church and you talk about the Bible. It seems kind of like, okay, don't we talk about the Bible every week? But what's interesting is we, yes, we use the Bible every week, but very seldomly in church do we talk about the Bible, like the Bible, the actual thing, not the stories in it, not what Jesus said, not what Jesus did, but the actual text, the Bible. And it's super interesting. Did you know that the Bible has six, about 611,000 words in it? 611,000 words, and it was written by 40 authors over 1,600 years on three different continents. This is a pretty powerful book. Yet we don't spend a lot of time as a church talking about how to approach this book, how to use this book, how to read this book. It's, it's translated into over 1,200 languages. And listen to this. This statistic is crazy. 168,000 Bibles are sold or given away daily in the U.S. 168,000. It's the most sold book of all time. And so the Bible is super, super important. Super important. We talk about it all the time. We usually say around here, we say, bury your face in the book, right? That's what we, how we typically approach it. And so, but we don't spend a lot of time talking about the Bible. And so what we did is we collected all these questions, and many of the questions that came in were about the Bible. They're about how to approach the Bible, how to read the Bible, why do we use the Bible in this way and not that way and all this. And so what we did is we collected sort of the heart of these questions and narrowed it down to four. So hopefully these four questions that we discussed today will answer many of the questions that you guys submitted to us. So let's pray together, and then we'll jump right into this. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the freedom and the opportunity we have as a faith community to come together and to just open your word and allow it to speak truth to us. God, this morning I pray as we look at your word, as we look at the scriptures, as we look at the holy text, I pray that you would give us clarity. I pray that you would give us understanding. I pray that you would give us grace as we try to understand and, and use something that's so powerful and so huge. God, we love you, we praise you, and we adore you, and we pray for your Holy Spirit's leadership today as we begin the conversation. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen. Okay, so um, I like to start this by asking you each just an individual question 
And these are actual questions that were submitted, okay? So, Carmen, I'm going to start with you. And um, I like to get the heavy theological stuff out of the way first and then kind of ease in to the more uh, uh, simple things. So, Carmen, the first question is this. If you eat yourself, do you get twice as big or do you disappear? This has been the hardest question that I've thought about all week. Um, I give them the questions ahead of time so they can be prepared, yeah. and this is one that she's really been struggling with. I've like I have contemplated like nibbling a little bit just to see, but I think that. <laughs> so you could be like, I've tried this. This is I, this is this is proven. Um, I feel like we would regenerate like a starfish, which probably is not true, but nothing happens. That's my answer. That's your answer. That's you a good. Just nothing. You're the same. It's the same. Okay, I like it. Now, now, Amber, this one's a little, a little heavier than that one. Is the movie The Lion King based on a true story? So these are real questions. A that lot were, of people that were don't know this, but yes. Okay. So Hollywood always takes a true story and makes and does has some creative license with it. Okay. Okay. And Disney always has to kill someone. Okay. So, in the real story, Mufasa and Simba are ruling the land together. America. Well, duh. Yeah. Um, they're ruling the land together. <laughs> he's alive and well. He's healthy. I think he's like 140 now. Okay, okay. But yes, it's a true story, okay. but not the story that you've heard right, from right. the Disney film. Okay. Well, whoever asked that question, now you know. Uh, there you go. There you have it. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get into something a little lighter here. Um, this question came in. <laughs> I, was, I just asked her, is that true? <laughs> no, no, that's not. <laughs> We're going to have fun today, guys. This is going to be awesome. Um, all right, for real, though, this question should pop up, pop up on the screen so you guys can uh, trek along and keep focused with us, uh, or keep us focused at least. <laughs> Why does the church as a whole... Ignore some biblical instruction, but adhere strictly to others. So the question is, why, why does the church as a whole, not meaning central church, but Christianity as a whole, take some things in the Bible and take them super literal and super personal and super whatever, but then other things in the Bible, they're just like, oh, yeah, it kind of says that, but, uh... You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's the question. Yeah. I kind of get this question a lot, um, not with the kids, but in youth group, like in small group, some of the teens will be like, well, the Bible says this, but like, what about this or whatever? So yeah. um, I kind of talked to them about this a few weeks ago, and I said, um, when I was in 11th grade, um, there was a Muslim in my class, and and I love talking to people of other faith, and I was like, hey, talk to like, he was like, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, but if you talk, like, let's both talk. Like, don't yeah, just try yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. And he gave, he's like, okay. He was so excited because he probably doesn't get that yeah. too much. And he came back the next day with, like, this stack of papers full of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, like, um, like answering them, but what, what like, like defend, the Bible defending the yeah. Islam faith. Yeah. Or whatever you call it. So, um. I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is cool. Like, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Um, obviously, I was still, like, growing and learning and a youth group and stuff. And one of the questions on there was, um, why do women wear, I don't know the technical word for it. Hijab? Hijab. I did yes. know that. Okay, yes. so why do they wear that? And then they pulled a Bible verse that talked about um, why women wear it. Yeah, yeah. And I read it, and I was like, 
I need to go get a hijab right now. Like, yeah. it's in the Bible. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, what, what are we thinking? Yeah. So um, I remember going back home and, like, busting my Bible out, reading the verse. And I w- then I kept reading, and I was like, wait a second. So they took this one, like, line of the verse. Mm-hmm. And then when you read, like, three verses down, yeah. it started talking about... Um, since women have hair, yeah. it acts as their covering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, because I lived in Florida, and I was like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hot. <laughs> like I am gonna be really sweaty. So, um, <laughs> it's true. So, it the whole point of me saying that story was that I think sometimes the church mm-hmm. or people in the church want to take one line of a scripture and yeah. be like, this is what it means, or yeah. vice versa, use it whatever they want. Yeah. But sometimes we need to read, like, it's not, that's not how the Bible was meant. It was meant to, like, really read it. Mm. And so when I just read two verses down, and it talks about, like, it kind of explains that whole yeah. head covering thing, I was yeah. like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah. So I think you just really need to, it depends on what it is, I think you need to look at the Bible and really read it and find out yeah. exactly what, what you're talking about. Yeah. I like that. Amber, what are your thoughts? Um, my th- They're a lot the same as Carmen's, yeah. a lot of the same things. And I feel like that you need to, when, when, you're, when you're thinking about a verse and a scripture, you need to keep in mind the context of it. Right. When was it written? Who was it written to? Mm-hmm. Who was it written by? What is the genre of the book that you're reading that the scripture is in? And kind of step back and take a look at all of that. You know those right. little, you know those big posters that I'm sure there's a like they're like a mosaic. Yeah. But if you get really close, they're made up of like a hundred tiny little pictures. Yeah. So you can see a, like one tiny little picture of Mufasa. I don't know. But if you back it's up... It's a good choice. It's a good thank choice. Thank you. See, I like how to tie that in there. But if you back up, the whole picture is like the cast of The Lion King, which is not really real. Right. Which, so, June 23rd. June 23rd, <laughs> movie night here this Friday. Yeah. Right? So if you yeah. back up and you, and you look at scripture as a whole and mm-hmm. not just like on that little macro level yeah. and zoom in, yeah. then that there's a lot more understanding that you get. And then sometimes, I mean, it, the, the question's kind of vague. I'm not sure which question that they're asking. Are they asking yeah. if we shouldn't have dairy and meat together? Right. I don't know, because I really like cheeseburgers. Right. So, yeah, you, know, you kind of have pizza. to have that. Yeah. Pepperoni and pizza are all five of my food groups. <laughs> yes. So I'd be in trouble. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's, um, when you take a, a, a verse out of the Bible and use it as like a justification for something, not considering the context. It's called a proof text. And um, that can get really, really dangerous because people can take certain things out of the Bible to prove anything they want. And so what's important, um, I think, to realize, what kind of, to dovetail into what they were saying, is um, my response to this is, is this like $50 word that's called hermeneutics. And so you can look it up on the internet and it'll give you all kinds of ideas. But essentially what hermeneutics is, it's methods of interpretation. And so it's whenever you approach something, the way that you interpret that, the way that you gain understanding from it. And so whenever you approach the Bible, what you have to understand, like Amber was saying, is that it's written in a lot of different genres. Like I said, it was written by 40 different authors over 1,600 years on three different continents. So there's a lot of different things that are put in there, and you have to approach them differently. When you read the dictionary, you read it a lot differently than you read Dr. Seuss. And you read Dr. Seuss a lot differently than your romance. Not, not, nobody's reading those, right? Mm-mm. Romance novels, those are 
those are thumbs down. But you read those differently than you would like fiction, than you would read nonfiction, than you would read, um, you know, the Constitution of the United States. You would read all of these things with different understandings, right, and different interpretation principles. When you approach something that's written as fact, you take it as fact. If you read, you know, Harry Potter, you're not coming to that looking for fact, right? You're looking at it through stories and what's the message and what's the mean. Well, do it, none of you probably read that either because you're all going to heaven and that's like witches and stuff, right? <laughs> or was that just in the 90s that the church boycotted that stuff? <laughs> that's hilarious. My mom was on the front lines, so I can say that. I brought that book, the second one, yeah. to my Sunday school class. Yeah. Within five minutes, my mom was like, <laughs> she knew I was reading it, but my Sunday school teacher... But your church can't know. Right, because then God will know if your church knows. Um, <laughs> oh, my mom, my mom's the same way. So, so these hermeneutics, it's very important when we're approaching the scripture that we realize who it was written to. So, in, you know, I say this all the time. In the New Testament, there's those, those groupings of books that end in the IANS, right? Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians, Philippians, all that. Those were letters written by church leaders to specific churches dealing with issues that they were dealing with. And so it's important to understand why he's saying this to this group of people. Whenever we talked a few weeks ago and talked about the Good Samaritan story, remember when we talked about that? If you missed it, it's in the How to Neighbor uh, podcast. Go check it out. But we talked about the Good Samaritan story and how when Jesus references the Good Samaritan, when we think Good Samaritan, we think, awesome, someone who's nice and helps someone. But when Jesus referenced Samaritan, that was a term that was going to make everybody who's listening incredibly angry and inciting a lot of rage inside of them. And so when you approach that story, it's important to understand those things to know why he's saying what he's saying. Oftentimes, we approach the Bible that's a letter, or there's wisdom literature, or there's, there's um, prophecy in the Bible, there's uh, the law, which are the first five books of the Bible, there's the Gospels, which tell the story of Jesus, and there's all these different types of literature, literary forms within this one collection of books, which is the Bible. And we can't approach every single book exactly the same. We can't approach every single verse exactly the same. We can't approach every single thing that the Bible says exactly the same because that's not the way it was intended. That's not the way it was written. That's not the way it was designed. And that's not the way that God desires us to approach it. And so when we try to do that, we try to make everything fit into this nice, neat box, and it doesn't. And then we have all these things where we're like, well, how does God say this and God say that at the same time? Because those are not the same thing. Well, it's like, whoa, 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 chill, 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 chill. Who wrote it? What was it about? What was the intention? What was happening in the context at the time? And so it's important to in, in, inform ourselves when we're reading the Bible and when we're approaching the Bible. That we're not just taking it and saying, oh, well, this says I got to do this, so whatever. Like, I wrote down two verses that are huge in Mark chapter 9. Actually, I'm going to hit the Leviticus one first. In Leviticus chapter 19, verses, verse 19, it says this. It says, keep my decrees. Do not mate different kinds of animals. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seed. Do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. Okay? So I'm breaking all of those currently. I have a golden doodle and a labradoodle. Those are two different breeds of animals that I'm mixing together. The Bible clearly says not to do that. The Bible clearly says not to mix your seeds. I have a little planter box that's way overplanted in my backyard, and I have like corn and zucchini and, and peas and cabbage and peppers and tomatoes, a lot of it in a really small space. It's probably not going to work. But I have that, right? No multiple materials woven together. Well, you can look at what I'm wearing and know I'm breaking that as well. And so if I don't know the context, 
If I don't know what's happening at the time when this is written and who this is written to and why it's written, I could easily take that and say, you're all sinning right now and you're all going to hell. You're all disobeying the Bible. And so it's very, very important, very important that we understand why we're reading what we're reading and how we're reading it, right? Because it's important to understand that the reason they said to don't make these animals is because their understanding was it's messing up with the order in which God has created animals. And so we don't need to crossbreed this stuff because of if God wanted them crossbred, he would have done it, right? And so our development has changed a little bit about that because we've known DNA and all that kind of stuff, and we know how it all works now. And, like, same thing with the, the fibers of the fabric coming together. The, the reason that they couldn't do that is because that was reserved for only priests. Only the highest order of priests could wear multiple fabrics together. It was like an honor and a respect thing. Well, that's not applicable to us anymore, right? That's not the way things go down. Now, in Orthodox Juda- Judaism, that's still the case, and they're still pretty serious about it, Right? But we have to understand these things when we approach the Bible to say, well, this is why we adhere to some things, and this is why we don't necessarily adhere so tightly to other things because of the context and the way it's written. And the $50 word for that is hermeneutics. It's the principles of literary interpretation, how we approach the Bible. And so those things are super, super important. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Let me just, let me get a couple bobbleheads, a couple head nods. Yeah? We're good? Okay. And if you guys have more questions about this stuff, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on Facebook. Um, it's Amber Long and Carmen Cologne. They would love to hear from you. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, so second question. We'll move, we'll move along on that one. Did you guys have anything else to say about that? No, I just no. didn't know you were a farmer. That's I am. I'm like, I'm starting my own farm, and I'm terrible at it. I actually kill plants slowly all year. So really, I'm... He was watering this morning. Like, I was watering our front I pulled up, I said, hey, farmer. I was like, yeah, we have landscaping, and I'm trying not to kill it the first day. Um, question number two. The Bible speaks about loving everyone. At what point does that go too far? I love love. I really <laughs> Me too. do. Me too. I love love. Oh. Um, so I don't know why I just said that. Um, so... <laughs> Okay, so now if you guys listen to our CC Conversations podcasts, okay, we put them out after every series. If you notice why Carmen is so quiet in them, it's because she spends half the time doing that. Going. If only, like if only I got embarrassed about saying such a sweet thing. I know. Because well, other things have come out of my mouth, then I get embarrassed. It I was never, love. I love love. Right, right. No. I did say that I had a dream about Sam on those conversations. Though. You did. And I texted Amber immediately and I said, it's not that kind of dream. Just want to clarify. Go ahead, Carmen. Make it super awkward. This is, <laughs> okay. this is great. Back to the question. Back to your notes. Thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is why I had couldn't sleep last night. So, the Bible speaks about loving everyone. At what point does that go too far? It went, so, what I, my response would be, it went so far that God sent his only son down the cross. Like, I mean, how much further can you get your death? It's so serious. Like, I don't think Jesus loves people. I mean, you see that evident in the New Testament. You see it everywhere. Like, he is a lover. He is a friend. It never, like, no one could ever walk in here and he would turn them away because he abounds love. He flows love. Like, that's all he is. And so, like, to say the Bible speaks about loving everyone, at what point does that go too far? That never, ever goes too far. Um, I don't know if they meant it in another way, but um, never goes too far. (laughs) Never. 
I like that. Amber, what are your thoughts? She can totally preach. You should just like. I know. End it and say a prayer. Yeah. yeah and just close. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Um, it, no, it never, it, it can't never, it can never go too far. And on a personal level, I think it's going to look different for different situations and different relationships. So if um, somebody has a child that's a, that's a drug addict or if somebody is in a, an abusive relationship, love is going to look different in those situations and those relationships than it would look between, you know, Carmen and I or between Ken and I or my kids. So the blanket statement is no, it can never go too far but it's not always gonna look the same for every situation. Right. But there's never, I can't ever picture a situation where you're like, you're cut off from love. Yeah, oh, I don't have from, to love that person. Even from my love. Right. Always, I mean, I think everybody knows God always loves them or whatever, but even from my love, it might look different, but there's not, yeah. I cannot picture any situation where, I, where God says, okay, Amber, you, you're good for, with not loving them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how you said it might look different because this even came up in a small group and youth group a while back. I said, Olivia knows I love her. Like, she's my baby girl. She's my mini-me. Sorry, yeah. Richard, when you listen. Like, she yeah. looks like me. She's me, not yeah. Richard. So I love her. Just, just, just emphasize that. Emphasize it one more yeah. time. So, but I told them, I said, but because of my love for Olivia, I'm not going to let her touch the oven yeah. Because she's going to get burnt. Right, so, right. like, I love how Amber, like, just kind of said, it can look different. Mm -hmm. But just because I'm, like, in that moment have to remind her. And even though she yeah. may want to touch that oven so bad, which is, she does all the time because yeah. yeah. she wants to cook. And because I'm not letting her do that doesn't mean I don't love her. It just sh right. showcases how much I love her. Yeah. And I think, And I think that's what God does in the same way. Like, sometimes when people are like, well... I've heard this a lot, like, well, if God loves everyone, then why can't we do this or do that or whatever? Well, no, it's, that's not, that's, you're taking it the wrong way. God's love is also protection, and he yeah. wants, I've, you say it all the time, like, God wants what's best for you, yeah. and if you want God's best, then you're going to see his love not as scolding or as, mm -hmm. like, a book of rules, but as he's protecting you and yeah. he's taking care of you. Because if, if I let Olivia touch the oven whenever she wants, like, I mean, she's gone. Like, she's yeah. not going to be with us anymore because I'm not protecting her. Right. So I just love how Amber said, like, it, it looks different. Like, it never yeah. goes too far, but love is also, like, it does look shown in different ways. Yeah. And especially even in, even in like, relationships, love is shown in different ways at different times. Mm -hmm. um, like you were saying, you know, when, when someone betrays you or someone's mean to you or hurts you or whatever... Um, it's not that you should stop loving them and say, oh, you know, you're cut off from that, but it is going to look different. At times there's going to be, I'm going to love you from an arm's length away at this moment because if you're closer than that, you're within swinging distance, you know, <laughs> if we're being honest. And so there is, there is different forms of this love, but ultimately our, our, our goal and our job is to see that God loves us unconditionally and we are not only to receive that love, but to reflect that love. And so if God loves us beyond all measure, we are called to love others beyond all measure. Same kind of thing. And so I think, I think that pretty much sums it up. You guys got any more thoughts? Yeah. Um, there is, there's a scripture that says <clears throat> that um, people will know us by our love. Yeah. And I, I thought it said they'll know us by our Christian t-shirts. <laughs> right? No? Well, that kind of goes to my point. That's verse two. Oh, I knew. Read the whole thing. I didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, That's the problem. Get the context, Sam. Proof texting. 
I knew that verse growing up, and somehow it kind of got like shoved to the back. And I'm like, no, they're gonna love. They're gonna know that we're Christians because they can see that God blesses us and that yeah. we're driving a nice car and we have yeah. nice things and we can pay our bills. And it and that's the thing that separates someone who is who is a believer from someone who is not. An unbeliever, someone who says there is no God, can be successful and have a lot of money Absolutely. and have stuff. But they're not going to love the same way, like you were saying. Yeah. They, they're not receiving that love from God to give it out. Yeah. So I kind of shoved that scripture. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, 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 for a really long time until recently. And I was like, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's true because it does get lost in the mix of a mm -hmm. lot of it. One more thing. One more thing. So <laughs> two women. You didn't think we were going to get up here and like. I, I, I glanced I at the clock a second. And I was like, uh, okay. Okay, sorry. Okay. Sorry. So I. One more thing is that um, sometimes I think because I've heard this before, and I'm guilty of saying it too. So I'll just yeah. put me as an example of just being like, well, I love them, but whatever, and just kind of maybe taking things that, um, like the Bible would say. And to be honest, the word would just be judgmental and whatever. And I think. I think a few years ago, I was just like praying and I was just talking to God and I was just really conflicted because I felt like I had like, I, I had to like talk to people about things, this, whatever. And it was just like, Carmen, you're not God. Like, yeah. it's not your job to do all those things. Yeah. And I remember sitting there just crying and then I was like, thank you that I'm not God yeah. and that like and that my, that my job is just so easy is to love and when I kind of like grasped that I just like started living so much freer mm -hmm. so much better because it's so easy to love people when you realize how much God loves you yeah like when you really feel that love you can't do anything else but to love yeah. everybody whether they're broken whether they're doing the like going the completely wrong way it doesn't matter like yeah. His love always supersedes all of those things. Yeah. So um, just like a reminder, because I think people, we can be like, well, it's our job to whatever. No, like. No, our job is to love. Unless you're, unless at your desk it says Big Mac Daddy God, like, which it doesn't. Like. If someone wants to get me that sign, I wouldn't be opposed. <laughs> Big Mac Daddy God. No, Big Mac Daddy bad. God. Um, I hang out with teens a lot. They say, they say Big Daddy and Mac Daddy a lot. I don't know why. I but, thought that died with crisscross when they stopped making music back in the early 90s. Yeah, so, but I'm just saying, like we're, like, like, we're not God, so all those other things that we may want to do, like, that's not our job. Like, right. we're, we're supposed to love, and through love, it can look different ways and whatever. Yeah, so. oh, that's good. I like that. So hopefully if you ask that question, uh, you feel satisfied or angry. Either way, there's the answer to the, or the response to that one. Um, no, there is a line. Um, question number three, is the Old Testament important? Uh, the answer to that is no. Question four, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's talk about that one. <laughs> is the Old Testament important? So important. Love it. Love the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, I was saying, told you guys earlier that um, like in kids' church, the Old Testament is like, that's your jam. Our jam. David and Goliath. Noah's Ark, Father's yeah. Abraham. Father's, Father's Abraham. Yes. Father's Abraham? No, it's just one. You're at, you've been in Michigan long Father now. Abraham, that's what I was thinking. Father's, Kroger's, Myers. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Just, it is what it is. Um, just like, that's what we we teach our kids a lot. <laughs> like, I don't go, I tell our kids leaders this too. I'm like, we have to be age appropriate. Like, we're not going to tell them on Easter that Jesus was bloody on a cross and whatever. <laughs> 
because I had a leader do that in the past. Yeah. Oh, that kid was traumatized. <laughs> and I don't want to go to church anymore. It was a big meeting. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, so the Old Testament is a huge thing that we teach in the yeah. kids. But it's because it's so cool. Like, it's our foundation. It's like you don't mm -hmm. read a book and just read the end of the story. Like, yeah. if you do with the Bible, you're going to be so scared because Revelation is like... <laughs> crazy yeah, don't start there yeah don't start there but you always like there's a there's a beginning like whatever yeah, 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 yeah. and so in God's story like when we get to teach the kids like God created you know yeah. the world that we love and we worship because he's our creator and to yeah. teach them like you can do anything David and Goliath and just like just stuff like that like yeah. it's so important so mm -hmm. cool I love the old testament well there you go there you go so we're going to change your name on the website to Carmen Cologne old testament scholar yes Yes. Deal. You got like Big Mac Daddy something. No, we're going to ditch Big Mac Daddy Old Testament scholar. Okay. Big Mac Mama. Big Mac oh, yeah, Mama. Got I'm it. a girl. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> got it. Carmen, not Carman. Got it. Got it. Cool. I totally. <laughs> this is why I can't do these things. <laughs> no, this is why you should do them more. This is yes. awesome. <laughs> I totally agree with Carmen. Yeah. So, not that you shouldn't do these things. I totally agree with your answer on the Old Testament. It is absolutely important. So like what Sam said earlier, that it's not one author, it's 40 different authors over yeah. a whole bunch of years in different yeah. continents. Mm -hmm. And the whole Bible is a trajectory. And um, it says in Hebrews that Jesus is the exact representation of God. Yeah. And there's a pastor that I like who took that verse and paraphrased it and said that God looks just like Jesus. He's always looked just like Jesus. We didn't always know that, right. but he always did look just like Jesus. So I feel like you can't rip out the Old Testament and still get the whole story of humanity trying to figure out how we relate to God, yeah. who God is, what God says, mm -hmm. what God does. You, you, you get, I was going to say half the picture, but I don't even know if you get half yeah, the picture even, yeah. if you take out the Old Testament. So the Old Testament is absolutely important. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you see that, you know, uh, the scriptures also say, you know, God doesn't change yesterday, today, forever, he's the same, all that right. kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and that's totally true. God doesn't change, but our understanding and perspective of God has changed and developed over time because you look at the early uh, Old Testament and as it's kind of progressed, you see the sin cycle of uh, the Hebrews, right? The, God, the Israelites, the, uh, the chosen people. They, you know, God reveals himself to them in a major way and they're like, oh, God is so awesome. Okay, and then they get busy with their own life and then they sin and they turn their back on God and then they realize how dumb they are and they come back and say, oh God, we're so sorry, you're so awesome. And he's like, yeah, come on back. And then it, it just happens over and over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament. And through all of that, what it's doing is, since it's recorded and we're able to look back on it, all of those stories, all of those situations, all of those different uh, happenings are taking time to reveal God to us. It's, it's, and it's widening and deepening our understanding of who God is. And so that progresses as scripture goes on and through prophecies and through the wisdom literature and through all these different things. And then Jesus shows up at the beginning of the New Testament in, in the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and it, you're right, it, and he's the exact representation of God. And so we had this understanding of who God was through sacrificial uh, you know, atonement and all these different things that were taking place. And we were able to, now Jesus shows up and says, okay, you thought I was like this, but now I'm like this. You thought I was like this, but I'm really 
like this. And we see that a lot in a lot of the stories of the Old Testament and a lot of those things where God is consistently revealing himself saying, you humanity, you thought you understood what I was like, but I'm really like this. And you've gotten yourself in this situation because you thought this is what I wanted, but really this is what I want. And so all these shifts keep happening throughout the progression of the story of humanity and God. And so the Old Testament is vitally important in that for us to understand God's progression of revealing himself to us. And so do we take Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books, which are the law and the stuff in Leviticus that I just read about not mixing seeds and mixing fabrics and mixing breeds and all that sort of thing. Do we take that stuff and say, that's how we need to live by the letter of the law and all this stuff? No, 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 we don't do that. But that also doesn't mean you throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, the Old Testament is full of truth that reveals God to us. And so it's super important to get the full picture, like you guys are saying, the full picture of the heart of God. The Old Testament is a major, major, major component of that. Mm-hmm. Right? You guys got any more thoughts on that? So hopefully that sort of clarifies and, and clears things up for you. So now we have one more question um, that at face value you would look at and say, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a dumb question. But it's not such a dumb question. It's actually very, very intense and very multi-layered, and I hope that it really gets the conversation going for you guys. And so the question is this, um, and this came in worded exactly like this. It says, is everything in the Bible true? Is everything in the Bible true? Now, at first glance, in many of your evangelical churches, this conversation would go like this. Is everything in the Bible true? Yes. My wife has to get up and walk out at this point. <laughs> but let's talk about it, though. Let's talk about it. I'm kidding, babe. I know. You're at the coffee bar. I'm kidding. <laughs> she's walking out because she's nervous. Let's be real. Um, let's talk about this, though. Let's, let's have a conversation, or let's start a conversation. Is everything in the Bible true? When, when I hear that question, I want to ask whoever answer whoever asked it to define true but before you like freak out before everybody freaks out you talked earlier about hermeneutics and I think we both mentioned there are different genres in the bible Mm -hmm. so while everything is true in the bible is it truth I'm I'm gonna say no right you can everybody can email Sam yeah yeah (laughs) But I'm going to say that there are all kinds... Oh, great. She's leaving. Um, there are all kinds of things... She's at the in, coffee bar, too, ...in the so Bible that the Psalms are full of laments. And, yeah. you know, I hate my enemies, and I want you to go kill them for me. Is it true that somebody said that? Yes. Is it true that that's what God's going to do? Mm, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you can... The way... The only way that I can say something like that is because I read the whole Bible through the lens of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if I can't see Jesus saying, you know, okay, cool, I'm going to go kill all your enemies, then I can't see God doing it. I feel like God is, is revealing himself all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament, and what he wants his people to do. And sometimes it's just baby steps. Sometimes it's like, I know, Sam, you're not ready to be here, but can you come here? for me. So maybe, you know, I I think of the um, people in the Old Testament who just wear sandals and don't have iPhones. But you think that's what everyone's like at that point. Right. Right. But I think, and if we're all honest, we we cannot understand the culture of that time. We just, we can't even begin to imagine it. So while God always desired mercy and not sacrifice, 
maybe the people weren't ready to be like, I'm going to give everybody mercy. So he said, well, can you come this way a little bit? And stoops yeah. down and says, just come, come closer to where I want you to be. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I would ask somebody to say, you know, yeah, what, do they, what do you define as true. Is everything true? Yeah, what do you mean by that? Okay. Sam Anderson at centralchurch.cc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is everything about you? I'm the one that's like, yes. Um, <laughs> that's me. Um, but, um, you know. And it's okay. I still love you. Well, well let me talk. Let me talk. <laughs> I'm stuttering. Let me talk. So, um, <laughs> I'm like sweating profusely in my house thinking of this question this morning, mainly because we don't have central AC, mainly because it was like this. Um, but, <laughs> so, Yes, but this that's my answer, yes. Um, and so I talked to you guys about, like, yeah. there's no kids in here, right? No, no kids. Okay, good, because I don't want to. You about to say some swear words or something? Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> um, so talking about Santa Claus, I kind of explained this yeah, analogy yeah, 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 to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so we don't do Santa Claus at our house. We don't do the Easter Bunny. We They're one of those families. We are one of those families. We don't do the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. We don't do whatever. Yeah. And sucks for me because I am such a creative. Yeah. I love the Rise of the Guardians movie, which if you've ever seen that, it's all about Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Sandman. Yeah. I'm like, yes, love it. Um, but when we teach that to Olivia, that's something that we just tell her, like, these are stories and whatever, and people believe in them. But at the end of the day, like, he's not coming in our house. Mm-hmm. Bunny doesn't put the eggs out. Like, that's just us. That's our family. Yeah. If you need to email anyone, you know, go with Sam. <laughs> <Or just> Sam. <laughs> um, but I had someone, a parent in, in my old kids' church, um, she asked, like, something with, you know, are you going to do a Santa Claus thing? And I said, no. I said, we just, we kind of don't really do that conversation in church because we always wanted to point back to Jesus, blah, yeah. blah, whatever. Yeah. And she goes, do you do Santa Claus? And I'm like, no. And she was just like, what? And like <laughs> going and Santa Claus is, how can you be that parent? And just making me feel so bad. And point blank, for me, it's at the end of the day, when Olivia finds out that Santa isn't real and that the Easter Bunny isn't real and the Sandman isn't real, I never want her to look at me and say, Mommy, was Jesus real? Because that's all I tell her about. Like, yeah. that's all we want her to know about. We want her to know that Jesus is so real to mommy and daddy. And mm-hmm. so that she can grow up and realize that that's so real to her. Doesn't mean we don't talk about sin. And doesn't mean we don't talk about all these things. But that it's real. And that, in the word I'm going to use, is that he's true. Because he's so true in our lives. Yeah. So when I say that about the Bible, is everything in the Bible true? Yes. That's my answer. Mm-hmm. But then to go into, like, the different layers of it, I was... Sitting, driving at church this morning, and I just started. I was like, just praying, and I'm like, God, please don't let me say anything stupid, which I already did. And so, <laughs> so he didn't answer that. Prayer. He didn't answer that prayer, but I was just like, <laughs> but then I was just like thinking. I was like, God, thank you for someone like Pastor Sam that lets us have these conversations because we've worked in churches that will be like, this is what you're gonna say. Yeah. And like, is everything about, yes, and this is why, and like, or like any of these questions, like, this is what you're going to say, and there's no conversation, mm-hmm. and I was just like, God, thank you that my faith and that my life is a conversation, mm-hmm. and that we can have questions, and we can not understand everything, and it's yeah. okay, because yeah. we're always growing. We should never want to stop growing, and never want to stop asking questions, but I think like, 
The problem with that question is sometimes people will read something in the Bible and be like, well, if you're saying everything, this is where I'm like, this is my second part. If you're saying everything in the Bible is true, then this. Well, that goes back to all of our other questions. You have to know, like, Mm -hmm. what the context is, what this is, what that is. Like, when I, you know, there's stories in the Old Testament that I'm like, what? Like, you just have to, like, understand who it was directed to. And that's where the conversation comes in. That's where discipleship comes in. That's where you grow and you learn and, and you water that stuff. But... Um, like the Bible uses hyper, hyper P, hyper P's? Hyperbole. <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. So the Bible uses hyper P's. The Bible uses hyperbole. What is that word? <laughs> Exaggerations. <laughs> yes. Richard's laughing at me. <laughs> Through the window, shaking his head. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is that word? I'm a smart woman hyperbole hyperboles yes Hi- i can't say it with the hyper hyperbole. what he said why did i pick that word out of all of them? i don't know use a different one. metaphors yes. similes the h word yes. not h double hockey stick yeah, yeah, yeah you just said that one too <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> where was i you, don't cry i might cry <laughs> Okay, that's what I was going to say. Like, if it says that God is a rock. Right. Like, hello. There's like, only one the rock. Yeah, there's the rock. <laughs> Duh. And the Brahma you like bull. the eyebrow? The Brahma bull, absolutely. Yes. So, um, like, there's parts of it that you have to grow in and don't look at me. Parts that you have to grow in and learn in. So, like. Is everything about true? Yes. Like the Bible yeah. to me, if you look at it as a whole, it's the story yes. of God's love, mm-hmm. Jesus, like yeah. hope, mercy, grace. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that, and if someone asks me, is that true? Yes. Mm-hmm. 100% true. Is there layers of the Bible that you have to dig into mm-hmm. and question and, and be like, what is this talking about? Yeah. yeah. Like when I read about the, the hijabs, like I was yeah. like, that's crazy. I never yeah. knew that. And then I realized... I need to dive in deeper. Yeah. So the point of this is I was just thankful that we are in a church community yeah. that can have different answers to different questions and yep. still be growing and still be learning. Mm-hmm. And I just think we need to take our faith as a conversation yeah. and keep growing and keep yeah. like questioning, is this true? Because if you don't know your answer, someone's going to come to you and they're going to ask you. Yeah. And if you're not like checking things out and not in the Bible, like... Mm-hmm. I counted how many people bought Bibles today. Brought Bibles? Bought a real Bible. Brought a real Bible. Oh, how many? Less than my hand. Really? Like, it's crazy. Like hey, I got mine. Where's my phone? The most important thing ever, you know? Like, we have kids that don't even know what a Bible is anymore, you know? So, like, hello. Like, let's use this as a conversation to dive deeper into our Bible and, yeah. like, dive deeper and ask questions that mm-hmm. are messy questions, yeah. but it's okay yeah. because we're not God. Right. Nobody's God, and at the end of the day, his love never goes too far. So right. is the Bible true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I would, just to piggyback off of what they're saying with is the Bible, is everything in the Bible true, my answer would also be yes. Everything in the Bible is true. Um, but again, then I refer back to question number one about how do we take some things and leave some things, and it comes back to hermeneutics. Because if you read in the Bible, um, if you see where it talks about the Canaanites, 
and how the Israelites are going to battle the Canaanites. And when that happens, they're to go in and they're to kill all the women and all the children and take the men as slaves and burn everything they have and keep the bounty and split it up amongst themselves, right? That never historically happened, but the Bible says that it happened. And so how do you look at that and say that's true, right? How do you come and say, well, how is everything in the Bible true if it says that? And how is it that God can say, go kill all the women and babies, but then later on he says, love your neighbor as yourself and pray for those who persecute you. How does that all come together? And you say, uh, uh, and so then your eyes go cross and you start, you know, sweating, right? You don't know what's going on. But the truth, there is truth in that story because we have to understand why the story of the Canaanites was written and why that all went down. The reason that that was written and in the context that that was written in is that it was told as an oral story to tell the children to prove a point, to, again, reveal the truth of God. When this story was written and it was shared, it was never written and shared as a factual historical document. It was written as an oral tradition saying, listen, here's the deal. You know how powerful and mighty the Canaanite army is? And back then, it was understood that if God was in your favor, you would win your battles. And if you're winning your battles, it means God is blessing you and that God is on your side and that God is in favor of you. And so they tell this story about the Canaanites, who's this mighty army at the time. He's saying the Israelites will come in and they will dom dominate and demolish them and do all this stuff. Essentially, what they were saying is that you know the God of the Canaanites? You know how powerful you think he is? Well, our God is so much greater, and our God is so much stronger, and our God is so much more for you than their God is for them. And so what's the truth in that? Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. Chris Tomlin, preach, baby. Right? I might bust out in a song, except I can't sing. But that's the truth. And so is that true? Yes, that is true. But if we were to approach that, without doing the homework and without having the proper hermeneutics, we look at that and say, well, that's not true. God doesn't feel that way. And we can find that the Bible contradicts itself, but it doesn't. As long as you're able to approach it with the proper hermeneutics, approach it with the proper understanding, yes, everything in the Bible is true. But you have to understand, was this meant to be a story or was this meant to be a factual representation of history? Because when you approach it, that makes a difference in whether it's true or not. Because historically, a lot of the stuff in the Old Testament didn't actually happen. But you know what? It wasn't written for that purpose. That was never the intention. That was never the meaning behind it. The meaning behind it was to reveal God. All of Scripture is about revealing God to people and God revealing himself to us. And so when we can approach it that way, then yes, everything in the Bible is true. So I don't know what this person meant necessarily when they were asking the question. So our surface value answer is yes, mic drop. But when you dig a little bit deeper, it's like, but you have to define true. And does true equivalent factual or does true equivalent truth that supersedes facts and documents and all that sort of thing that what's the truth of God that's being told here? Right? Because when we approach the Bible as a whole, we have to realize that it's a whole story. And it's the story of God's love for humanity and the story of reconciliation between humanity and God. And everything that happens in Scripture is God revealing Himself to us, revealing Himself to us, revealing Himself to us. The story about the Canaanites is God revealing Himself to us. Jonah is God revealing Himself to us. Uh, Job is God revealing Himself to us. Noah's Ark is God revealing Himself to us. David and Goliath is God revealing Himself to us. That's the truth. And there's truth in every single one of those stories that are coming to us. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Just like we say that you don't want to get so hung up on the letter of the law that you miss the whole picture, same thing with the Bible. 
Don't get so hung up on, uh, was creation seven days, 24-hour periods, and then God rested in it? That's not the point. That's not the purpose. That wasn't the intention, right? God created. That's the point. That's the intention. Don't get hung up on the third paragraph, stanza two, line 37. That's not the point. And so you need to remember that and recognize that when you approach God's word. And when you approach the Bible, it's God's story to us, God revealing himself to us. And is everything in the Bible true? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, it's true. And if you want to have more conversations, email one of them, okay? <laughs> that's how we're going to handle that. But so that, those are the questions that we had regarding the Bible. And I love that people were asking about the Bible. I love that people are like, hey, what's the deal with this? Because like I said at the onset, we use the Bible all the time. And we encourage you to read the Bible all the time. But we don't necessarily ever talk about the Bible specifically, and so I love that this conversation has come up. And so I hope what happened this morning is that we have sparked some ideas, sparked some questions, sparked some things that hopefully you'll go home and you'll Google it or you'll do some research or you'll look into it yourselves before you send us emails of complaint. Please do that. Okay, do a little bit of homework yourselves. And hopefully it gets the conversation going with you. It gets the conversation going with your family. And you guys are able to really dive into this because I think once you really understand the depth and the width and how powerful and incredible this really is, that you'll actually use it and that you won't be able to live without it. Because when you really understand the gravity of how powerful this is and how much truth is found in this book, it's life-changing. And if this book is not life-changing for you, it's because you don't understand it. If this book is not life-changing for you, it's because you haven't spent enough time trying to understand it. Because this changes everything, literally everything. And is everything inside of it true? Yes. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.